Thanks for tuning into this podcast from KYMN Radio. Take us with you anywhere and download the TuneIn app for your computer or smartphone and listen to us live whenever and wherever you want. Wednesday morning, joining us now in our studios, we have uh, Northfield's City Administrator, Ben Martig. Good morning, Ben. Good morning. How are you doing today? I'm very good. How are you? Good. Thanks for coming in. Work session last night. Um, not a whole lot of items on the uh, agenda, but uh, some good conversation. And also, uh, in particular, what I want to talk about is uh, the riverfront. The riverfront enhancement uh, w- was talked about last night, and had some pretty interesting discussion about that. Tell us about it. Yeah, so last evening we had an update, um, had a good dis- thorough discussion on our uh, riverfront enhancement action plan that was adopted in 2020 by the city council as part of our strategic plan and really looking to um, now move forward from planning into implementation. There might be some more planning along the way, but we're going to be actually doing some things to really work on um, building off of the asset of the river in our community mm-hmm. um, through you know, public investments and planning and trying to activate the river a little bit more. So last evening, we talked about kind of that implementation plan, brought forward kind of a um, kind of a timeline schedule of action for early discussion of the city council for seeking some feedback. And so we looked at a what they're calling a sequence chart that kind of outlines the different projects and timelines with those. That would also include regional park designation, application process. We got into a little details on that. And then last of all, we talked a little bit more about some of the bridge square concept design facilitation that's part of that piece as well. So really good discussion, um, consultant and staff presentation last evening. Yeah, let's talk about the uh, bridge square. Uh, Right now there are barricades on Water Street for 100 feet or so, but uh, you can't get through there. Uh, And that is, uh, you're considering making that uh, permanent, redoing. Would it be a total redo of bridge square or just taking out the street? What uh, what has been talked about? Well, it would uh, look at the number of those things. So, uh, my time here um, you probably have some background on this Jeff the city in partnership with some others it looks like the downtown development corporation chamber of commerce was involved in then community leadership as part of a task force worked out a vision for bridge square that included a number of concept plans and cost estimates with that back in 2014 mm-hmm. and um, so one of the ideas was you know through the river for an action plan committee process was looking to see how do we freshen up Bridge Square? Do we look at some expansions of that? Do we look at some of those concept plans? Do it incrementally or do it as a large piece? So in that timeline chart that we brought forward for discussion of the council, that was one of the early things that we talked about was doing some engagement yet this year, taking a look at um, doing some public feedback as it relates to interest in Bridge Square, what to do. Do we leave the road in? Do you build it over? Do we pick one of these concept plans to start working towards or do some incremental improvement and then seek council direction on a preferred option? And then look at actually doing some of that as well. So there was a um, good thorough discussion by the city council about that, sh- whether that should be a priority or not. And also I think some of the question was, is knowing there's a whole bunch of projects on our list that we want to accomplish how do you figure out the timing and try to prioritize those as you do that as well so i think there was some apprehension about not wanting to put all their eggs in one basket too i think was some of the feedback as far as we want to see that done yes and we want to also see some other things accomplished and so 
good feedback on the council on that. It was an initial discussion, so um, we're going to come back for more on that. But there was no clear definitive answer um, related to Bridge Square, but we had some good discussion with the council on that. Let's talk about the rest of the riverfront. Were there uh, focal points with any of the conversation, uh, areas of the river where you're you're concentrating on, or it looks like it uh, might be a priority? Yeah, so a couple of the other areas... Um, that were identified in the plan um, would include um, taking a look and building off of some of the initial planning on some of the um, some of the park improvements. So Ames Park, um, you know, is obviously pretty much a blank slate there, right in the core downtown. It's a major gateway area. Um, we had originally planned to start do that, put some dollars in the budget, and start some of that design planning for Ames Park in the new year. I think there was some interest in, in definitely in that. Um, that, so that would be kind of a master planning process. Go back. Again, we know there are stakeholders interested in that park and others, so we, that would include you know much more robust engagement with our stakeholders for feedback on that. Babcock Park was a little further out as far as looking at doing that. That one was um, basically uh, after year three or into year three where we're going to start to do some planning. And again, some of this... What can you realistically get accomplished and bite off, you know, at a, all at one time or kind of pieces at a time? And so that one was planned to be a little further out. So we did have some people say, you know, that that Babcock Park could maybe use some freshening up too. They'd maybe like to see if we could do some master planning earlier with some of the feedback we got with that, maybe more in conjunction. You know, was there a way to package Ames, Babcock, and then also Riverside um, Park with some of their, you know, planning needs to get some of that more clarified we do have a number of incremental projects on Riverside that are already planned. We're doing some pickleball court improvements this year, um, so that's going to be happening. But um, there was some interest also in moving that designing up for the master plan because that one's quite a bit out in the future. Um, the last one um, uh, just related to kind of some other bigger pieces of um, you know projects that might have some actual construction plans. Seckler Park improvements was, was quite a bit out on that. That park's pretty well developed, but um, the Baseball Association has some interest in some expansion of the fields there that also could have some impact on, like, the lacrosse field. So there was some interest on getting some information presented to the council about what they are looking at doing and how that might be incorporated into the plan. Of course, separate from the riverfront work that we're doing, we also, through the strategic planning, are going to be looking more broadly at parks, particularly kind of regional parks and investments. So... That's probably another one that's also going to fall into that one. Boy, there's quite a bit going on. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the, the, you got the big, uh, what, how many acres out on the uh, uh, southwest or southeast portion of town? Uh, quite a few acres out there that are undeveloped as well. Yeah, Meadows Park. I think that one's probably waiting for more growth to happen in the community mm-hmm. before we get serious about that one. But. Yeah, we got a lot of choices, um, a lot of areas that we could do some improvements, Jeff. And like like you're kind of alluding to, you're going to need to focus on priorities um, as we as we do this too. And that's going to be the council's job to give us direction to staff and let us go forward and implement. Okay, you got these things talked about. What what are the next steps in the process? Uh, of course, identifying uh, priorities is going to be one of them. But is that going to be the the very next step? One of the things we know that we're working on immediately that will help us in even funding some of these pieces is we're seeking a regional park designation through the Greater Minnesota Trails and Parks um, Organization in the state. That regional designation would open us up to legacy grant funds to Greater Minnesota that would allow us to get some grants for leveraging our local dollars. And so we're working towards getting an application out this July, seeing if we can meet that timeline to get an application in so that we can be included on that list. 
There are federal and state programs too that I think if we get that designation might open us up to having the ability to articulate that we are recognized as a regional park. So I think that opens us up to some federal and state funds too that you know are competitive grants that you need to have some good arguments for your position that mm -hmm. I think will help. Another really big one that is going to be some major planning that we have funding for is a flood study um, along the river including basically the core river area through kind of the urban part of the community. So if you think kind of down by Carlton's um, field mm -hmm. on the north end, going down south probably to, um, you know, Babcock Park area or maybe a little further, or actually it probably goes down more like to Riverside Park. Um, we're doing a, um, we got funding for a federal uh, flood study. So taking a look at what's happening with flooding on the river, what might there be enhancements to, and then could we get funding to do upgrades or maybe even expand things like the Riverwalk in some of those areas from what it is, maybe improve accessibility. I think it was back in the 80s or um, maybe when the community had another major investment in that Riverwalk area, and that's where they got a lot of the funding from, was from that federal um, dollars, and so we're taking a fresh look at that going to be looking at how do we protect properties how do we improve accessibility and then along the way how do we maybe get some of those dollars to help even improve the assets that we have along the river so those are a couple another big steps as it relates to things that are kind of happening now all right let's move on to uh, the other topic which you discussed and that is uh just getting the whole gang back together putting the band together again uh getting to meeting in person uh to, to the getting to the point where you're in person meeting you know uh, as opposed to doing the uh virtual format uh is everybody does everybody seem to want to do that now well yeah you know as the governor unveiled his executive order to safely sunset a number of our COVID 19 public restrictions last thursday it's almost hard to believe it's reality that's coming here. And I think for all of us, we're humans. And so it's change is hard. So to change your behaviors in the first place is hard. And then once you start to learn new behaviors, it's hard to unlearn, <laughs> unlearn them, I think, a little bit. Um, and as I look at my belly, I know I've got some change, changes I need to work <laughs> on changing for myself. But, um, yeah, so we had a good discussion with the council about some of those things that will be changing in on the 28th of May. One of the provisions in there talked about government and legislative meetings that are allowed to be in person. And they have been for a while, but it's strongly recommended to do it virtually if you could. And we've been really hanging our hat on that provision and, and following that in our virtual meeting setting, even though I think we would much prefer to be in person, but we want to do it safely. And so um, we got a couple of key deadlines coming up here ahead of us. That's one of them that's going to be making some changes for us. The second one is, you know, on July 1st uh, or at 70% vaccination rate, you know, virtually the remaining restrictions are looking to end on indoor masking and as well as the universal guidance that they're giving out for business and entities. So we're going to be heading back to a lot more normal um, here in the summer, and it's really exciting, and I think it's hard for it to sink in that this is real. So we brought forward two options that we're going to be voting on next week to end our local emergency order, either effective on um, May 28th um, or July July 1st. And in effect, that will, you know, that previous emergency order in March of 2020 that the council approved had in there the provisions to be working remotely, and the council has to rescind the emergency order or amend it to allow us to go back in person. And so um, they're uh, going to be talking about that. They talked about the two options. One thing is we didn't want to do like whenever we hit the 70%, we're hoping we'll hit that in June or July. But, um, you know, we have public meeting notices that sometimes have to be out to the paper weeks in advance. And then, you know, at least 72 hours ahead of time, we have to do 
meeting preparation, and then our board members are making plans to be virtual or in person. So we basically said, pick a date certain. So either the 28th or July 1st, we'll be bringing both of those options forward to the council. Everybody supported one of those two options. Mm -hmm. that, um, and I think that there, there was strong support for both. Um, and so we'll have discussion and, and leave it to the council to give us direction. So in a month or two, we'll be back in person. And that would be not only for city council meetings, but for all boards and commissions. And we'll certainly be continuing to follow any regulations that there might be related to um, governor's orders and following that. And the governor's emergency orders still stay in effect even if locally we remove it. So we'll still have the powers of enforcement if there are orders related to the emergency orders that the state might keep in place or not. And um, so um, if there were some reason we had to reactivate it, we could, but I'm uh, looking to really kind of end this and looking forward to getting back in person again. All right. Now, when you do go back into person, is that uh, completely like the old days? Uh, will you allow uh, uh, citizens in in to speak? Or will they have to be separated? Is it going to be just a regular meeting that we had a couple of years ago? We're still verifying some of the details of that. Mm -hmm. Our police chief and I were kind of digging through the most recent executive order has a lot of references to amendments and adjustments to the old ones. So it's been a little tricky from the government side to figure out what are our meeting. We believe there will probably be some occupancy and some other standards that we'll have in place, but people will be able to come in. And if we have any re we have any restrictions, we'll work on kind of shepherding people uh, that might want to participate in person, you know, in the hallway and kind of switch things out if we need to. So this week I'll be kind of figuring that out and sharing with the community kind of what we're doing with that. So we'll have some some more to come a little bit um, uh, in, I guess, at the council meeting next mm -hmm. week, excuse me, we'll have a little more information. So maybe next Wednesday we can talk a little bit about what the specifics of those changes will be that will be happening in a, um, either at the end of the month or, or in, uh, in July. So looking forward to more of that. One of the things the council did have that we're also going to be checking on is the council approved funding. We have some technology challenges where under the old system, we couldn't do like a hybrid type of approach because mm -hmm. of the electronic system in there. You probably have an appreciation of this, Jeff. Is there some audio things that are conflicting with each other and cause some problems? So we're using <laughs> we're our familiar with those. <laughs> we had our consultant come in and help us, and the council uh, did a budget amendment to do that. So what that will allow in the future is um, allow people to remotely participate in our meetings through electronic means. So it might mean in the future, we're hoping that people can, from the comfort of their own home, if you want to testify, mm -hmm. you might be able to do that virtually while we're in person, if you'd like to, just to make it more convenient. People have busy lives, but we also want to increase participation um, for people as well. All right. Ben, thank you so much for joining us. Certainly right. appreciate it. And we will talk to you once again in uh, uh, next week. Sounds good. Thanks, Jeff. All right. Northfield City Administrator Ben Marting. You're listening to the 195.1 FM AM 1080 KYMN.